0: This episode of the Final Furlum Podcast is brought to you by the 2024 Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide. Order now to secure your copy and use the bonus code FF24CF to get £5 off your purchase. It's the complete guide to the festival with every fact, stat, and trend covered to help you make the most informed bets throughout the best week of the year. To get £5 off your purchase of the print and digital editions, as well as the print and digital bundle, use our exclusive bonus code ff 24 or CF at checkout at weatherbyshop.co.uk.
1: You're talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. As long as I say we can persuade Willie to stay in Ireland, we'll stay in England. TSI, get stuck
2: in. That's probably the most ridiculous question. It is, I've ever been I honest. know,
3: but I had to ask um, you. No,
2: you didn't have to ask me.
1: You're calling out prices. Bookmakers prices on this channel, right? Yep. You couldn't have two bananas to a banana with the bootmaker. Something
3: like a bag of hammers. The Racing is under such scrutiny. Ah! If
1: you don't like racing, go and watch Peppa Pig.
4: Welcome back to the Final Furlong Podcast, and we are joined by a man who will hopefully be tasting... Touchwood, His first Cheltenham Festival success this year in 2024. Top trainer, Fergal O'Brien, welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks
4: for having me. A friend of mine who works in racing media was saying to me today, oh, it's a, it's a manic time isn't it. It's crazy. You never get a chance to stop. And just when you think you've figured out the champion hurdle, Constitution Hill goes and does that. Now saying, if you think it's mad for us, imagine how bonkers it is for the trainers. So just how manic a time is it for you, Fergal?
1: Um, it's not so much
2: manic. Look, it's a great time because we live so close to Cheltenham, and it's that huge buzz of um of of things picking up and starting to happen around about the place, you know. So, it, it for me, and I've been you know been going to Cheltenham for nearly thirty years now, um, and uh, it's just it's just a, a fantastic place to 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 be. But so it depends on how you 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 you, uh, you interpret manic. But it's a great time. We had about thirty journalists at the yard yesterday, and and. You know, Monday night, I was thinking, oh, I've got all these people are coming tomorrow now. It's a work day. But they're coming for a reason, you know. They haven't been there before. And, I, and when they, everyone started to arrive, it reminded me of my, my, my days at Naunton with, with Nigel and, you know, when we had all those good horses like Imperial Commander and, uh, and the likes of them. And, uh, you know, so. It's where you want people to be coming. You want people to be coming because they're talking about your horses, you know, so it was, we had a great day. So it was fantastic.
4: And the fact that you've been part of Cheltenham Festival Success with Nigel, with Imperial Commander and all those other good horses as you were talking about. I mean, that obviously gives you a taste of what you want. You know that you can achieve it. You've seen it done. But what would it mean to you to be in the winner's enclosure in your own right?
2: Oh, it would mean everything. You know, it's it's, it's, it's a box that we, that we need to take and especially living so close and... and um, you know i suppose being you, you know it, having you know a lot of horses and and you know not lot of not lot of winners so uh but you, you know you need to you need to be having we need to be having those Chatham festival winners and look i'm i'm I've always said it you know you can look back at any podcast or anything I've done is that you know i always say if it's not this year hopefully it'll be next year and i, I do feel we you know we definitely got the the ingredients um you know we got great owners great horses, great staff and a fantastic facility to train. So there's no reason, um, why we, we, you know, we can't have festival winners. So hopefully, you know, when our time comes, it will come. Well,
4: for those who are watching this on YouTube, we have the background of Cheltenham, the aerial view, uh, playing behind Fergal and I, and it, this is really impressive forward thinking from you. You've gone to the sales, you've recruited all these top owners and you've bought two top class racehorses specifically designed to win on day three of Cheltenham at the new course. It's just bizarre that your two best chances, arguably your strongest ever chances, are both going to run on the Thursday. Let's talk about Cranbo first of all. How has his preparation been going since the epic win over Paisley Park at Ascot?
2: Yeah, fantastic. And uh, like I've never met any secret that Cranbo trains Cranbo. He, he, um, he's, he's got a little calendar and he's in his stable and he's ticking off the days to Cheltenham. He was very tired after Ascot, so... You know that ruled out really having to go to the cleeve, and um, we wouldn't have got him there in time. So it was, you know, owners' run side to go go straight there. And, and interestingly enough, actually, we we didn't buy but the sales. He was uh he was bred by Noel Feely and Jared Sullivan, and Jared sold ha- um, half to uh, Chris Giles. So he was a uh, he was a homebred, and uh, we were just very lucky to have him.
4: And Jared Sullivan's had tremendous Shelton success, and obviously he's been around racing for a very long time. Um, but having supportive owners like that, like Willie Mullins, Paul Nichols, he's he's been around a lot of top trainers. You can't make it in the game unless you've got top owners like that.
2: No, and, and Chris as well. You know, he'd stay away Faye last year, and he he um he had a great double on Stay Away Faye and Cranbo, and uh, when he won the the at Sandown, um and then Stay Away Faye went on and won at the Uh I think it was yeah, was it the plimps? Stay Away Faye, yeah. Uh, the uh, Albert Bartlett, the potato race. Albert Bartlett, sorry, sorry, the Albert Bartlett. Yeah, so you know chris had a great double that day at Sandown when we won the ebf final with crambo and look it was lovely uh christmas it was lovely to see uh chris and jared at, at sand at, at ascot we had a great day it was just before christmas their families were there and it was it was a it was one of those really good feel real good days and um yeah so and, and crambo provided us with that day you know and um, i'm very grateful for, for um for that
4: to my eye he looks to have all the attributes you need for a stair. He's, he's, he looks like he's going to be a chaser um, next season, unless, of course, he wins this race, in which case, perhaps, it'll be multiple stairs hurdles. More on that to come in a second. But he stays well, he's got plenty of class, and I think he'll improve for the new course at Cheltenham. A- anything there you disagree with?
2: No, nothing at all. You know, I, I think uh, he has all the attributes. Well, I, um, and the one attribute he has that you just can't train is that will to win. And he went toe-to-toe with Paisley Park, who was just a warrior, you know, real warrior at Ascot. Um, you know, we, we've headed Paisley Park. Thought we jumping the last. I thought, well, well, he'll go and win the race now. Perfect timing by Johnny Burke and um, he'll go in his race. But Paisley Park wasn't laying down. He came back, went past Crambo and I thought, oh, we're going to be second. He's run well. Never mind. And, you know, Crambo just put his ears back and, you know, he was going away at the line. So that was lovely to see. You know, to have that tenacity to, to go past an old warrior. It's almost like, getting off the canvas and uh, and, 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 winning the, and winning the boxing match, you know, so uh, he, w- he was fantastic.
4: I know that there's memes of like De Niro, Pacino and Morgan Freeman, like the owl fellas, strolling through when they're showing the cleave hurdle of all the old boys of, of um, Dashiell Drasher and Paisley Park. But the fact that Paisley Park was able to go and almost beat Noble Yates the other day, like that's a boost to that form. That's proving that this form is still very high level. Even those who are trying to downplay Tihupu, the horse who beat him started early went on to win the grade one at entry, and Dashel Drachers come out this season and won one of the key trials as well. So that those they might be old, but they're still all performing really well.
2: They're just like those, you know, old good footballers or like say boxers, it's you know, it's not what they do. They they just know where to be and, and, and how to race, you know, and they over three miles is attritional and they, they um you know, they, they'll they'll take Crambo to places he hasn't been before. So um, he's going to have to be on his A game. He's going to have to improve from Ascot, and uh, hopefully, he can and. and like you say, I'm, I'm actually hoping that the the new course of Cheltenham will 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 bring out a bit bit more in him. You know,
4: that was good ground. He acts on heavy, so ground really isn't an issue to him.
2: No, he's very versatile. He's just he's just crambo. You know, he just turns up and and does his job. And like I say, if we get him there in tip top form whatever beats him will deserve to beat him, you know, whatever, you know, whatever wins the, wins the race and, and, and beats him will we'll have will have known to have been in a race. If Crambo's in the same form or a bit better than he was at Ascot, then, um, you know, he'll, he'll give us everything. So fingers crossed.
4: Do you feel he's improved since the Ascot run?
2: Um, yeah, I, no, I wouldn't say he's improved. It's very, he's very difficult to tell because he doesn't do a stroke at home, but, um, <laughs> he's like me. Yeah, he's a bit <laughs> like all of us. Yeah, I, I, I'd say he's improved. I just, I don't know. I think he's got a confidence from from Ascot. I know it sounds a bit mad to say, but yeah, I think he he he, he knows he's the he's a he's a top dog in the yard at the minute. And, and uh, you know, he he um, yeah, he he sort of you know he had the press there yesterday. He Stood up like a like a like a king um, to have his picture taken and. Then When he didn't want his picture taken, he started to rear up and stuff, you know. And this is after a fairly hard bit of work, so uh, yeah, like I, I definitely think he's improved in his own mind, you know, ability wise and fitness. He was a one for, for Ascot, um, but I think in his in himself, he's he's definitely he's grown half a hand anyway, that's for sure.
4: No more pictures, I like that. Who do you see as your big danger?
2: Obviously, Gordon's too, um, you know, uh, and you know, the, I, I, I honestly, you just cannot write. Hazy Park and Dasha off you know, Noble Yates, if that's where he's going, you know, I, I think they're all dangerous. You know, and I, I, like I, I said yesterday at the sort of press days, I, I very seldom tend to worry about other people's horses. You know, my job is to get Crambo there in the best form we can get him in uh, on that day, on, on Thursday the 14th, and uh, and hopefully uh, he'll do, do 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 the job for us.
4: Dicerinos announced herself with that devastatingly impressive win at Aintree last year or I should say earlier this year she's absolutely bolted up in that and she's been very impressive over hurdles so far now you could argue it's been pretty easy for her she's been a long odds on favourite but crucially she doesn't have the £5 penalty and she's had a citer of Cheltenham as well unlike the two Irish mayors who have not been to Cheltenham and both will carry penalties
2: yeah look I think it was, I was very grateful to the owners that they let us run to Cheltenham um, in December in because December, it was never the plan You know, the plan was always to get our first run, which happened to be the uh, Huntington, and that was the, to go into Newbury for the listed race. Um, when we we realised that, you know, we were going to get a penalty um, for for that race, then for those races, then they they were happy to, to try and avoid it. You know, at that time, you just don't know how much other horses are going to improve from Ireland, or even the English horses. You know, I think Nigel's horse uh, that was meant to run against us at Huntington didn't but one at Newbury and, and Jeremy horse I think it was second to us at entry. I think she's a lovely mare. She's really, really nice. Um, sad to hear that, I, that I, you know, you have to double check this, but I think Queen's Gamble is out, which is a shame for all those connections because, you know, um, it, it's, uh, you know, when you race, you want to race against the best. And I, I think she's, I, I think round Cheltenham you know, uh, Queen's Gamble would have had a very big shout. Harry Durham's having a great season uh Johnny bork's riding very well, and uh, you know I think she would have been a big, big player in the race as well. So, um but anyway, she's out. So, um but I think you, you know, I think the the what I'm hoping for is that she'll she'll have the speed for gordon horse for brighter days ahead. You know who has been running over two and a half. I would love if this was on the on the on the old course. I mean, she has one round the the new course. Uh, when she went there in Cheltenham and I think it was important for her to go there and, and feel and have a walk around that paddock and and, and feel the atmosphere of Cheltenham, yeah.
4: That is a real shame about Queen's Gamble. Harry's obviously having a terrific time of things and it's quite emotional that Oliver has stepped aside and joined him as assistant trainer and that his best horse from last year has joined Harry and done so well, so um, that, is a, that is a real shame. But you can only beat what's put in front of you and you've still got Willie and Gordon to worry about. Um, Just on the the new course, we've we've talked about this a a few times. Uh, The new course is very, just this is almost an overall point to be making, but how she's going to be suiting the track. The old course is very much speed emphasis. The new course is very much stamina emphasis. And that stamina emphasis will help out brighter days ahead. It'll help out Jade DeGruge as well. But given the fact that she has been to the Cheltenham and been to the new course, it shouldn't be a problem for her.
2: No, and I th- I think today. Look, we you can we can talk all day about Huntington and Doncaster. She turned up and did what she had to do, but I think that was a very good run at at, at Cheltenham in December. She travelled and she jumped and she did everything against the boys that she that you'd want her to do, and um she got great experience for you know. And I was delighted with the way she came up the hill, uh and 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 beat a very good horse of Harry Fry. So yeah, so look again, we go there. We got two weeks to go. This is the this is the. The hardest two weeks, you know, when you'll see, you, you honestly, you'll read, you know, Constitution Hill yesterday, um, uh, uh, Harry Durham's horse, you know, it just, you just say it every morning you go in, you're slightly on tender hooks because you just want to get there. You want to get there in the best shape you can. And um, yeah, so fingers crossed, that's where we will we'll, we'll, we'll happen for us.
4: Are you a ratings man?
2: Um, Yeah, to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Okay, so on Racing Post ratings, you're fourth because the Racing Post obviously are very Irish biased. They're not, but <laughs> apparently they are. Time form, however, you are top rated with a P. You've got one five four for Daisodinos uh, ahead of Brighter Days Ahead one five three, Jade DeGruji one four nine with a big P. Um, that bodes very well, especially given the fact that you don't have to carry a penalty and they have to concede weight to you.
2: Yeah, and look, hopefully you know, on Thursday, uh, on Thursday, the 14th, and she goes and does the job and she wins by a length or a half a length or an, a neck, you know, it will have been a, it'll have been a fantastic job by everyone at home to get her there, uh, without that penalty and on the back of three wins as well, you know, so that's all we can hope for. We're trying to give ourselves the best chance and carrying five pound lengths against any horse gives you a better chance. So, um, that's what we've tried to do. And like I said, very grateful for the owners because none of them could get to Chotland in December uh, and they let us go on with the plan that we had.
4: How does Paddy feel about her?
2: Paddy loves her, never rides her at home. Tom Broughton's very important to her. She's quite a hot mare and like I said, you know, her and Crambo couldn't be two opposites. So, you, you, you know, on a day-to-day basis you dance to, to Dysart's tune, Crambo, he'll do whatever you want him to do and uh, he'll, he'll do it with a smile on his face. But, uh, Dice start slightly tricky. So Tom Broughton always rides her. And um, yeah, so, but, you know, day to day, she's pretty routine as long as you keep her in that routine. But if she's having a quiet day or a, not such a good day, um, Tom knows her and he'll go and do something else with her. He, he won't do two up the hill. He'll do one up the hill and come and do three on the round, you know, if he's, she, she's just not feeling it. So, uh, yeah, so she's, she, Tom is very important to her.
4: And once they leave the paddock, that's your job done. There's nothing else Fergal O'Brien can do. So having the class and the experience of Johnny Burke and Paddy Burden, who you know at Cheltenham are not going to make, they're not going to do anything stupid. They're not going to have their horse in the wrong position and they'll time their runs to perfection as well. That's got to be a, a massive weight off your shoulders.
2: Huge. You know, no disrespect to Conor Brace, who, who did, you know, said it at Ascot, you know, Crambo didn't turn up at Ascot. The finish article Connor was a big part of making making Crambo um but I just felt on on the day and after up that you know to give myself the best chance of going forward with Crambo that you know Johnny has ridden in more of those big races and uh, was riding you know Connor's done fantastic for us this season uh, as well he's ridden us plenty of winners but I just felt that Johnny was uh, in a better place more experienced he's six or seven years older than Connor, and uh i felt that we we you know i needed to take every box so um yeah look I, I took a bit of stick for that um but at the same time i'm there to train the horse and, and do the best we can and i just feel like like i said you, you know when you're doing this job you, you're just trying to take as many boxes as you can and that was a box that i i felt needed to take in And i, I felt johnny had been in riding now for us he'd had the experience uh, and um so that's why i went with him
4: it's not show friends; it's show business, and I have no doubt that in six years' time, Connor Bryce will be replacing some other young fella, and he'll be getting stick for doing that. That's just the way it goes.
2: That's just this; it's the, it's the name of the game. Like I say, Connor has been very good at springtime. Promise won a lovely, great two was there a couple of weeks ago, and give her her a fantastic ride. So, um, yeah, delighted for him, uh, I, 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 and that he's, he's still part of, of of the team, like you know. So, but you know, it, it would mean a huge amount to 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 give Paddy another winner at Cheltenham it's it's what he gets out of bed for every morning it's what drives him and uh, if we could give him another Cheltenham winner uh, that would just be that 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 would probably make my career
4: oh that's a that's a big statement I'd love to see him win I really like Paddy um,
2: I know he gets a bit of stick for the riding style
4: but. Patty never has his horse in the wrong position. Well, he does, but he never has his horse in the wrong position. You always know when you've backed a Paddy Brennan horse, that horse will be in the right position and he will make the move at the right time as well. And that's a crucial, crucial part. I don't really care how you look in the saddle. I care about when you're going to make the right move at the right time. Uh, is it possible the Springtime Promise will, will go? Will she run?
2: Um, if it came up soft or, 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 or worse, then yeah, she could go. Um, and if she did, she'd be a player. Um, I know that you know, after Huntington, Harry Skelton was like, couldn't understand how he got beat because they really fancied their horse at Huntington and nothing went right for her that day. She went and she had to do it ugly at at, um, at Sedgefield. Um, but Harry said to Connor afterwards, he, he doesn't feel too bad about Huntington after we beat him at Sandown. Again, on a very, very smart horse of, of Darren Yates's. Um, she's just a very, very tough mare. Uh, nothing flash about her. She's just. Strong solid mare it was a great buy by, by Sally and, and Neil O'Donnell. Um, wasn't expensive, and uh, you can say she won as a grade two in a big pot at, at Sandown a couple of weeks ago. And if she turned up and shot them on soft ground, she wouldn't be a million miles away. She'll, you know, she'll come up that hill and for sure, yeah.
4: Yeah, I think we could be sleeping on her if she gets her ground, she'd be very, very interesting, and certainly from an each way perspective. But I, I, you're you're right, the ground would be key. Uh, just two more to ask you about, Moon d'Orange, I was asking John McConnell about this horse earlier in the season. So transfer to you, one first time out for you. Is he going to take up one of his engagements at Cheldon?
2: Um Look, I think in an ideal world, um, if if it dries out a bit, I think he should go to Sandown for the EBF final. It's what he's qualified for. He's still a novice. And I think that's probably the, the best chance for him winning a big pot. Um, we also could have go to war there as well on nice ground. So, yeah, that's where I'd be going. I've got to speak to the owners, obviously. Um, and see what they they would like to do. You know, I know I know that they they're not they don't want to go to Cheltenham to be an also ran. So it could be a, a difficult asking the novices and you know maybe in one of the handicaps he, he could he could have a go. But you know, not sure how well handicapped he is. Uh, uh, you know, after market raising. Um, but so fingers crossed. Yeah, look, he's he's a lovely horse and what he will be is he'll be a lovely chaser. So that's what we're really looking forward to. Yeah,
4: yeah, that's what John was saying about him as well. Um, but I think he'd be better suited to racing in Britain. And last one is Autonomous Cloud. Uh, Ella McNeil will be back on the show soon. Max McNeil's been having success. Terry Warner's been having success. The two combined, will they be headed to Cheltenham though with Autonomous Cloud?
2: Um, it's an option, but again, I, I, you know, I would much rather run him at uh, Utoxeter, He's got great course form at Utoxeter. Second there a couple times. He's one-two there, and I'd like to go for the Midlands Nationals where I'd love to go. Um, but again, it, it'll be down to you know where the owners uh, want to go. Um, all i can do is advise um but uh, yeah i think i think your tactics around the saturday would be where i'd be going
4: well if cheltenham hasn't gone to plan if the, if the tips have been have been struggling then at least we know we've got a horse that we can lean on in the midlands national a day later cuz it it look it didn't go to plan in the welsh grand national but that couldn't possibly have been his true running he'd been in terrific form in the lead up to that and the ground that day was
2: awful yeah and Paddy just said he, look he he got a massive stride he traveled very very free for a uh, for that ground and that trip, and it's a nutritional race, and I think it's one of those that uh, yeah, we just put a line through and we start again, you know. So, and um, we've been training for this, you know, that this week either Cheltenham or or or, um, or the Midlands National. So, fingers crossed he'll he'll turn up and, and give a good good account of himself, whichever one it is. Well, the
4: good news is there can't be an Irish handicap plot job where Davy Russell is. Whinging and moaning about the weight that he's been handed for the pretense, only to go and chin you on the day because they're all off level weights. And in fact, you're getting weight in the mayor's Hurdle. So, hopefully, Gordon won't be complaining and then crushes everybody on the day. Really hope that you're successful on on day three at Cheltenham. I think you will be. Um, to be honest, I'm with Tiapu in the Stairs Hurdle, but um, I'm with you in the mare's Hurdle and looking forward to seeing how you get on.
0: Great job! Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg.
4: I'm Emma's Kennedy, joined by special guest, Robbie Puppy Power. Robbie, welcome back to the show. I am how are you? I'm in good form. Last time I was speaking to you, was on this show with Peter Rowe, Patrick Mullins, and Gordon doing our annual Ferry House Winter Festival special. And the time before that was only two days after you announced your retirement, which you took everybody by surprise with that announcement, by the way. But as we gear up for The Greatest Show on Turf, how have things changed for you from the days of going there, getting ready to ride top-class horses to now being an assistant trainer for one of the leading trainers at Cheltenham and Henry de Bromhead and a key advisor for one of the biggest owners heading to Cheltenham Rob Robcor.
1: Yeah, look, it's, um, I, I had to retire because my body wasn't physically able for it anymore, but I was still very competitive and uh, working for Henry and, and working with Rob Robcor, it, it still gives you that competitive edge. So um, nothing has changed really. I'm still, go, still going to Cheltenham with the same... Same goal to have, to have winners.
4: That's what it's all about. And the firepower that Rob Corr have this year and Henry for that matter is absolutely stunning, which I'm looking forward to talking to you about. But just before we, we delve into that, like, you obviously were no stranger to su- success at Cheltenham, sizing John, arguably the most famous in that Gold Cup. Book ended by an Irish Gold Cup and a Punchestown Gold Cup as well in the same season. Willie Mullins was referencing him actually towards the end of last season with Galapagos de Champs defeated Punchestown and pointing. Just what an extraordinary achievement it was from yourself and Jessica because he couldn't do it and few horses can.
1: Yeah, he's the only horse to have ever done it. Not many horses have tried. Um, obviously Gallopin tried last year and, and got just got touched off by faster slow in um, in Punchestown. But it just goes to show that the constitution um, that Size and John had, that he was able to back up sort of three gold cups in the space of about eight weeks. Um, and what a training performance it was from from Jessica Harrington. Um, the Gold Cup in Cheltenham was such a hard race on a horse; it takes so much out of them. And um, to come back, sort of five or six weeks later, and to get him back in Punchestown, where I felt after jumping two fences, he wasn't near the same horse that he was in, in Cheltenham, but he still was able to grind it out. Oh, well,
4: he was. I was on Jackadam that day, so, so I could have done with him having a day. A downer, but looking back on him, what an extraordinary horse! And I know Katie's looking after him now, and well, he's kind of looking after her as well. They're having great fun on the show jumping circuit.
1: Yeah, he's actually in our yard at the moment. Uh, my sister does does a lot of work with him. Uh, she was preparing him for for Kate for the the RDS this year, which he won the race horse to ride in our class at the RDS and. Um, he started doing a bit of show jumping now as well. He was actually at a show in Cabinet Question Centre last weekend. My sister rode him a couple of days and Kate rode him on the Sunday. So um, he's enjoying retirement, thankfully.
4: It's wonderful to see an old fellow like him, who was a brilliant Gold Cup winner, still absolutely thriving and loving life on the show jumping circuit. It just gives them a whole new lease of life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, it's great that with the likes of Troella and all these things, that these horses are now being found... Um, good homes and a, and a life after racing and um, a race the racing career is a small part of their career and then to, for them to go on and do something else afterward is it's fantastic and, and great for the people to see like the crowd that watch in the rds and um, the racehorse the right our class with the likes of size and john in it and, and um general principle and all these great horses it's, it's great to see them there
4: fantastic well the horses we're about to talk about are a long long way away hopefully from the show jumping days but Very exciting ones. With the news that came out about Constitution Hill yesterday, I think Gordon was already leaning towards the champion hurdle anyway with his recent interviews, but does this now push Irish Point to day one if Constitution Hill is out? And even if he isn't out, would he still be leaning towards the day one feature?
1: Uh, No, there's a lot. that's has to be sat down and talked about. There's a few decisions to be made, yes. um, Obviously, Constitution Hill, the question mark's over him now. um, you'd have to be leaning towards having a crack at the champion hurdle, but we'll weigh up our options and see what things are, see what ground is like. There's what, just under two weeks now to, to champion hurdle day, so um, we'll have a discussion over the next 10 days sort of, and, and see what our options are. He's in the champion hurdle, he's in the stairs hurdle. It would be great um, to split both Tia and Irish Point up. I know one man that would be very happy if they are split up was Jack Kennedy, so um, we'll listen to how it goes over the next 10 days. Be, uh, what ground is going to be like on the first day of the festival and things
4: like that Yeah, I think Jack will definitely be leaning towards champion hurdle for this fella to be fair I I mean look I, I really like this this guy there's there's nothing to not like about him he was really good lacking experience against Marie Nationale and the Royal Bond last season it, it didn't quite work out at the Dublin Racing Festival and I think Gordon was scratching his head that day that effectively ruled him out at Cheltenham he ran the week before instead but he exploded into life at Aintree under Davey. That was a spectacular performance and really set what we were going to see this season where he's had to concede lumps of weight, 10 pounds to Magical Zoe, who's going to have a leading chance in the county hurdle. And then the performance over three miles in the grade one made people think he could be a stairs hurdle horse. But I I think he does have an awful lot of speed.
1: Yeah, he does. He's a horse that shows a lot of pace. Um, The performance he put up in down royal when he beat Magical Zoe, I think giving her 10 or 12 pounds was a very, very good performance and he did it very easily. Um, he's a horse with a very high cruising speed and, um, but it's, it's a big step up into a, from a second season novices over two mile and Down Royal to a champion hurdle so um, yeah look we'll, we'll keep our options open over the next few days and, and when it gets close to the time make a decision then
4: He's only six, that's the age Tihupu was when he ran in the stairs last year and I know that there's a narrative out there from some people that he couldn't win the race last year how could he win it this year? Well Iris's gift was beaten in the stairs hurdle at his first attempt and then one at a year later. Brave Inca was beaten at his first attempt in the champion hurdle, then one at a year later. Has he shown the right physical and mental maturity this year that he's now the finished article in your mind for the stairs?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think six year old is a very young horse in a stairs hurdle. He's a seven year old now. He, he definitely is a lot stronger. I know when uh, Jack Kennedy got off him after the Hatton's Grace, he said that this horse is much different horse to last year, he's a much stronger horse um, there's no doubt he's a better horse fresh and that's why the decision was made basically in the parade ring after he um, he won the Hatton's Grace was that's it, we're going straight to the stair hurdle um, the only slight concern, I won a juvenile hurdle on the on yielding ground the only slight concern you would have is if the ground was good um, but he's a lovely action horse and, and, and that you, you, you'd you be surprised when you ride him out that he he wouldn't handle better ground, but he's so effective on soft ground, he's probably not just quite as good on good ground. But um, hopefully there'll, there'll be plenty of juice in the ground in, in Cheltenham. It was nice ground there last year when he ran in the stairs hard, and I don't think it was ground that got him beat. Um, I think he, he missed the second last and he ran into traffic problems, sort of crossing the road, heading for the final hurdle. He, had to switch twice on the run-in. So a lot of things went against him last year. Um, But definitely, I think he's a stronger horse this year. And um, I would like to think he's a better horse going to Cheltenham this year than he was last year.
4: Well, that bodes well, because I'm sorry to lumber him with this, but he's my strongest fancy of all the championship races going to Cheltenham. I think this horse is almost bomb-proof going there. And even the form from last season. Like, Sire de Berle goes on and wins the grade one at Aintree, so proves that's no fluke. Dashiell Drasher has come out and won one of the key stairs hurdle trials this season. He beats Imperia Pass first time up. I didn't think he had too many excuses that day, but even Imperia Pass comes out while he's been ruled out at Cheltenham. He pushed Stateman pretty close in the Matheson hurdle. Like It's all there, and he's going to go in fresh, which Gordon seems to be of the opinion that maybe the stairs hurdle was left behind by running in the Galmoy at Gorin last year, so he wasn't going to make that mistake again.
1: No, exactly, and that's what all good trainers do. They learn from their mistakes. I'm not saying it was a mistake. He, he won the Galmoy very impressively, but... He, he his record fresh is is he's unbeaten fresh first time out every season he's won, um, so I think it's more the freshness thing than ground thing with him. I I don't think ground will inconvenience him too much. I would love to see it more soft and good, but um, I think going there fresh is is a big thing for him.
4: I interviewed Fergal O'Brien today. I did I did say straight out to Fergal, I went to Huipu in the Stairs hurdle. I'm I'm with um. I'm with his horse, in the in the Mayor's Novice, so I was able to win him back towards the end, but I, I love this horse. I think he'll take the world to beating. Gold Cup. So two really interesting chances for Rob Gore. Let's start with Jerry Kalam. I don't think any of us could quite understand what the hell happened in the Brown advisory last year, but in hindsight, we all underestimated, well, those of us who were against him, uh, underestimated the real whacker. He was only having his third start over fences. Things haven't gone well for him this season, but he was much more like it in the Cotswold chase the last day. Um, and while Jerry Kalam did a lot wrong at Down Royal. He did a lot right as well. He somehow managed to beat Envoy Alain at a track that that horse was unbeaten at before. The the difficulty with him is what happened the last day at Leopardstown behind Gallop on Dechamp and the fact that he has to rematch with him in the Gold Cup itself. How is he, first of all?
1: Yeah, no, he's very, very good. Gordon's very, very happy with him. Um, it's, yeah, look, we're under no illusions. It's, it's going to be a tough task against Gallop and Dechamp. Yeah. Um, Jerry put up a great performance in in Down Royal when things went against him he still found a way to win um to get up late on to beat Envoy Allen um was a very very good performance um but then at Christmas I know Gordon Felt he just didn't fire on all cylinders he wasn't 100% right on the day um but he still ran a good race just that performance that day from galloping the champ was as good a performance as I've seen from a staying chaser for a long long time you know it was it was breathtaking what he did that day and If he turns up in that sort of form in Cheltenham, he's going to be very, very hard to beat. Um, And Jerry will will need everything to go his way on the day um, if if Calip and Deshawn turns up in that sort of form.
4: Would you have any doubt in your experience as a former jockey and as an assistant trainer that when a staying chaser peaks like that and produces a massive performance at Christmas and then produces another big performance in the Irish Gold Cup? Obviously, we talked about sizing John earlier. He did it in a very short space of time. But is there any concern or hope for you that, Gallop on the shop might just have the edge knocked off him a little bit
1: yeah you always have to go into these big races with hope you always win believing you're going to win um, as a jockey I did it and in my roles now I, I do the same thing you have to come up with a plan that you think you're going to win these races um, so you're hoping that Gallop won't turn up as good as he was at Leperson at Christmas um, but you've got to ride your own horse and that's what Jack will do he'll ride his own horse and, and concentrate on his own horse there's, there's nothing more you can do Um as I say, Jerry got beaten around there last year in the in the Brown advisory, but um, I think he's more streetwise this year. He showed that in Down Royal, and um, I'm sure Gordon will have him fresh and well for the day, and if he goes there fresh and well, he, he has still a big each-way chance in the rest.
4: Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I just wonder, on a line through capitano he fights out with him for a photo finish for second place, gets the better of that, but then Cappadano goes to the Coswell Chase and beats the real Whacker. Does that mean that even if Jerry Kalam does improve that's kind of as good as he is?
1: I don't think so. Again, he's only an eight-year-old. He's a second-season novice. He's open to more improvement. A bit like Tia Poo going there as a six-year-old. He, he is open to more improvement. Um, he's only had, I think, the five or six runs over fences. So um, hopefully there is more to come from him. I, I know Gordon was of the firm belief that there is a lot more to come from this horse. Um, he's a multiple-grade one-winner and, and a very, very talented horse. So if things go right for him on the day, then then he has to have a big chance that. The form from Leperstown, obviously Gallopin was, as we talked about, unbelievably good at Christmas. But then Cappadano coming out and boosting that form in the Cotswolds chase was nice to see as well. Um, So, Cherry's definitely up there as as one of the big players in the Gold Cup.
4: Yeah, for sure. I think Gentleman's Game is a huge player as well. I think I got this horse badly wrong earlier in the season. I was remembering the interview I did with Gavin Lynch before interviewing him again next week on the final furlong. Um, he was saying, any preconceived notions you have about horses going into Cheltenham, just try and wipe them away and approach each race fresh. And as I went back through his run in Weatherby, I had it in my head that Brave Man's Game made an awful mistake and that he was lucky to beat him. But watching it back, Brave Man's Game barely makes a blunder at the last. And the further they went, the better he was. And he's only had three starts over fences. He got really close to Classical Dream in the Grade 1 Stairs Hurdle of Down. That's a track that Classical Dream is basically unbeatable at this is a serious racehorse. How is he since his last run?
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a very, very good racehorse. He's in, he's in great form. Um, I actually saw him work last week on the Curragh, um on last Saturday. Mouse is is really, really happy with him. Dara rode him and, and was very happy with him. Um, yeah, he's, he's a very, very good horse. He just has that one big thing to overcome and that's lack of experience. Um, he's only had the three runs over fences in a, beginners chase in Leperstown a four-runner chase the champion chase in Gore early October and then a four-runner race in, in Weatherby so I reckon there's going to be a minimum 12 runners in the Gold Cup Um, so it's going to be a big step up for him um, but stamina Touchwood is jumping for a horse that's had so little experience he's jumping it's just a pure natural jumper Um, so if things again go right from in the day you'd love to see a bit of ease in the ground as well and um. We could just see how how good he is. You know, I think a strongly run race, a strongly run Gold Cup will will really suit him. He's a a dour stare.
4: Mouse has had a quite enough year in Ireland. I think he's only had two winners, but he's had 27 horses run over hurdles. 13 of them have placed. And crucially, he sent three horses to England. Two of them have won, including this fella. And Mouse is deadly when he goes to Cheltenham. You can see the smile on my face if you're watching this on YouTube, just getting a little bit, bigger. gallop on de champ is a massive, massive uh, talent, and he's going to be extremely hard to beat, but th- uh, the more I look at him, the more I'm getting War of Attrition vibes. He doesn't have the Cheltenham experience that Michael O'Leary's horse had back in the day, but he's been off the track since Christmas, which is the same as War of Attrition's prep, and freshness won't be an issue for him.
1: No, Mouse, Mouse will have him 100% on the day. Um, he knows exactly what it takes to train a Gold Cup winner, so uh, since... The, since gentlemen's game one in Weatherby. there's been nothing in my head only the Gold Cup and he's trading them for, for this day and, and this day only so um, I saw the horse work last week in, in the curry he looks a million dollars He's he worked very very well so um, he goes there with, with a big each way chance I think he's just got to overcome that one big thing and, and that's his lack of experience which is um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a big step up for him from running in, in four and five runner races to going into a Gold Cup which I think there'll be definitely 10 or 12 runners in and it'll be very very competitive as always especially pace wise but a strong pace will, will definitely suit gentlemen's game
4: Is he just a bit fragile? Is that the reason we haven't seen him too much Robbie?
1: Yeah he's, he's, he's had a few little issues over over time but Mouse and and, and Sarah who looks after them they've, they've done a fantastic job with him but um I know we're still just over two weeks away to Gold Cup Day but touch wood um there's been no hiccups since Christmas everything is gone 100% and um Hopefully
4: for the next two weeks it stays that way. I hope so. A great ride, great opportunity for Dara as well. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. I think he's really, really interesting. Um, one of the novice hurdlers that I'm most excited about seeing at Cheltenham is Slate Steel. But interviewing Henry yesterday, it seems pretty clear that wherever Ballyburn goes, is where Slate Steel will avoid and go the other way. You've taken him on twice. You've been beaten seven lengths by him on both occasions in a bumper and the Grade One the other day. But whether it's the Baring Bingham or the Supreme, he goes there with a major chance. What would your preference be?
1: Um, a lot would depend on ground. Um, we've never actually had a chance to run him. Punchestown. was, in in, the, in his bumper in Punchestown was probably nicest ground. But the way he moves, the action he has, it gives you the impression that he's going to be a, a better horse on better ground. Um, if the ground was to dry out in Cheltenham, I, I, I'd be leaning towards the, the Baring Bingham. I think two and a half foot on nicer ground would be, would be ideal from. Um, but yeah, we would like to go wherever um Baddy Burn is not going. But I don't know when we're going to find that one out. We <laughs> we we'll, we'll have to sit, see what he does But um, look, it's not just Batty Burn. There's Willie's got a sh- host of, of very talented novice hurdlers. Tully Hill, we saw um, Illet in Il- um, Reading Tommy Wrong. There's just a whole host of them coming out of Close Sutton. So um, whichever race he runs in, he's going to have to. Go toe to toe with one of Willie's stars.
4: If you were advising Willie, what would you do? Because he's got mystical power and Ballyburn. I'd be very like Tully Hill's only in the supreme. So that's the only race he can go for. I'd be surprised if he let the three of them all take each other on. So one surely goes up and trip. Like to me, the one that makes sense is the Ballyburn goes up and trip. He has the experience of it, but mystical power is out of any power, so should be able to stay.
1: I'm not going to start advising Willie Mullins. Um, he 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 knows all about Chetland and Bernie. 100 winners in cheltenham, so I'm not going to tell him where to go with his horses. Um, they they've got a great team down there himself, David Casey, Ruby, Patrick, Paul Townend, and um, Danny. They'll make up a decision, make up their minds, and, and decide where they want to go. But um, I do think Ballymore, whichever novice hardly runs, in, will, will, will win. He's, he looks an exceptional racehorse.
4: Yeah, whichever one he goes for, he's going to win. He's he's a super talent. Um, on time form, if we're looking at the supreme, if Willie does send. Ballyburn to the Bering Bingham. Then you're a second highest rated because Brother Day's ahead is going to go for the mares. Tully Hill is 158p, Slate Steel 157p with um, with mystical power. I think he's got a deceptive amount of speed and whichever trip you go for, I think Slate Steel going to have a monster chance even if that's the supreme.
1: Yeah, he's he's going to have a massive chance he showed in in Lepristown in the Grade 1 at the Dublin Racing Festival himself and Ballyburn kind of went toe to toe down the back straight and and the two of them had Everything else sort of out of the comfort zones. Um, he's a very, very slick jumper um, and has a very, very high cruising speed. But at the end of the two miles, Ballyburn just had that extra bit of change of gear that Slave Steel didn't. He just kept galloping away at the same pace. But you look, he's seven lengths back to King of Kingsfield in third, who's, I think, favourite for the county hurdle. Um, absurd was in fourth of Winnie's, who's favourite for one of the hurdle races as well at the handicaps of the Cheltenham as well. So there could be a lot of. Sheldon Festival winners come out of that grade one novice hurling at the Dublin Racing Festival.
4: Yeah, it's form to keep a very close eye on but wherever he goes Slate Steel is going to be a big player. Uh, you've added some talent to the already phenomenal quality that Rob Corr have. Um, Phil Doerr was a very expensive acquisition at the Caldwell Dispersal. He's been beaten twice this season but the two horses who beat him are Dino Blue and El Fabiolo, both of whom will be red hot favourites for their respective races at Cheltenham, and he himself has got great Cheltenham form. It didn't work out from last year, but that's the Coral Cup. That can happen. Uh, but the previous season, he was second to Fabon in the Triumph Hurdle. He's a very, very interesting runner in the Reiner.
1: Yeah, he is interesting. Um, he, he's two good runs over two mile behind Dino Blue and um, El Fabiolo, especially the run in Cork. I thought was a very good run behind El Fabiolo. Um, juvenile hurdlers, generally, as they get older, they they like to step up and trip. Um so stamina shouldn't be an issue, and the Ryanair is is wide open this year. Obviously, you'll have Envoy Allen going in there, who won it last year, and and he'll be hard to beat, but um, Fildor needs to step up, and 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 two-and-a-half-mile needs to bring around improvement. If two-and-a-half-mile stepping up and trip to two-and-a-half brings around improvement, then he has a a chance in in the Ryanair. I
4: think he's really interesting. In a very open renewal of the Ryanair, particularly if it's soft ground and Banbridge comes out, then... He'd be one of the horses I'd be I'd be very, very intrigued in. Uh he's not gonna to go to Cheltenham, but Dr. Bravo's horse Dennis O'Regan, has talked about a number of times in the show. He rode him in the Red Mills trial at Goran last year. Um and he likes that horse an awful lot. Uh, and he's been added to Rob Corr as well. Are we gonna see him this weekend?
1: Yeah, he's in Navan on um on Saturday. I haven't spoken to Gordon or, or Brian yet. Um I don't know what plans are to run or not, but he's entered in the the grade two chase in uh in the flying bolt in Navan on Saturday. So um we we'll see just like seven range right in the race we'll see how Gordon if he's happy with him he, he might take his chance yeah
4: okay he'll be an intriguing one as well um, Caliconte she had a really good start to the season uh, I don't didn't think she lost a whole lot in defeat behind Nuremberg Ring and then obviously got her her grade two beating Cargis um, Willie's horse turned the form around with her but she's run a really good race there what do you make of the Irish juvenile hurdlers and, and what do you make of her
1: oh she's a very very good filly um, she was just touched off in Fairy House at the festival back in november Um, good winner in the at leprosan at christmas and then ran w- well in defeat at the dublin racing festival um i'm not sure if she'll definitely travel to, to Cheltenham. We'll, we'll keep her options open but um there's the two and a half mile grade one mayor's novice hurdle in uh in fairy house to look forward to as well so she's a filly that we think stamina will be more of her forte so um, stepping up to two and a half miles in Ferrios could be an option she definitely won't do both um, they're too close together this year so we'll see close to the Cheltenham, but that could be an option for us is um, Ferrios
4: and a couple of the handicappers great I was talking to Henry about this yesterday great to get Hidden Valley Lake back on track is he going to head to the Coral Cup?
1: Again, oh, sorry again we'll see close to the time um, he's got a big weight in the Coral Cup um, he went up quite a lot for winning the grade two in Navan and um, so we'll have a look and see close to the time, um, see what ways we could end up with top weight. So um, we might wait for Angel with and him if, if he doesn't go to Cheltenham.
4: And St. Felician, as he has been cut in the betting, he was a kind of a project horse, I suppose, for most people last year in the Johnny Henderson Grand Annual. It didn't quite go to plan, but good form at Goran Park in his last two runs, including a win last time.
1: Yeah, he's in very good form, um, St. Felician. He's in the. Carl, or sorry, he's in the grand annual. He's in the plate as well. So um, again, we'll we'll sit down and look at the weights and and decide close to the time um, he goes. So uh, it was nice for him to get his head in front. He's been keeping good company in beginner chases um, all season. So um, it was nice for him to get his head in front. The last thing, Gorn.
4: If Robbie Power was fully cured, all the ailments were gone, no more injuries, and you were cleared fit to go back and ride who is the one Rob Core horse you would love, love to ride at Cheltenham?
1: I'd say definitely Tia Poo. Um he's a, he's a horse that's sort of close to my heart as well. He was th- my last ride on a race course. He was my last graded winner as well. So um, I'd love to see him. I think he's a very, very talented horse. I'd love to go and see him win the the Stairs Hurdle. I think he deserves to win a Stairs Hurdle. And yes, Slade Steel is the novice, obviously. I'd, I'd love to ride him. I think he's a a very talented horse and um, I believe be two of them would do me just two rides for the week no, that would suit me wouldn't be able for much more
4: And if Brian Atchinson came to you and said money's no object we can buy any horse you want not including Constitution Hill who is the one horse not in his ownership that you would love to have representing you at Cheltenham?
1: Uh, if we have to be galloping Dishon, Um hopefully we'll go and lower his colours with Jerry or Gentleman's game but um, he's he's Probably the best we've seen since Carlos Starr. I think he's, a, he's an exceptional racer.
4: He's going to be really hard to beat. It's going to be exciting to see him in action. Only eight multiple winners in the 99-year history of the Gold Cup. There's going to be something a little bit romantic about the idea that William Mullins could train the ninth and the 100th running of the race. Robbie, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for your insight and the very best of luck for Cheltenham 2024 with Henry and with Rob Corr.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: This episode of the Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you by the 2024 Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide. Order now to secure your copy and use the bonus code FF24CF to get £5 off your purchase. It's the complete guide to the festival with every fact, stat, and trend covered to help you make the most informed bets throughout the best week of the year. To get £5 off your purchase of the print and digital editions, as well as the print and digital bundle, use our exclusive bonus code ff 24 CF at checkout at weatherbyshop.co.uk. Ross
4: Millar from Racing TV and the SBK podcast is alongside us. Ross, welcome
3: back to the show. Great to be back, Emma. Good to speak to you in the in the sunshine here. I hope I'm I'm trying to send it your way. Dry out the ground, get a nice bit of grass growth in a nice spring coat ready for the Cheltenham Festival. I I am trying my best to send it your direction, my friend.
4: I'm glad you wrapped it that way and weren't like, well, I'm having such a great time here in France where the weather's fantastic. Meanwhile, it's absolutely awful outside in in Kilkenny. I'm pretty certain if my memory serves me well, which it almost never does these days. This time last year, there was the prospect of a good ground Cheltenham Festival and then like two days beforehand, it was just monsoon-like conditions. So it's too early to be speculating what the ground is going to be like. And we won't know the ground conditions anyway until six days before Cheltenham. But that being said, Ross, I've heard from very reliable sources that the cross-country track is underwater and that there's puddles as far as the eye can see all around Cheltenham. So if they were racing tomorrow, it would be very soft ground.
3: Yeah. I had a friend actually that, that, that went through Cheltenham and up country on the train the other day, and he said he couldn't get over the amount of standing water, um, that was there. You know, we know Cheltenham drains very quickly. They've had good grass growth this year, which obviously is going to help. Um, but I mean, what we had soft ground in four of the last five years for the opening day, I think that's probably a a safe bet. The one thing I did actually say in a in a written piece for SVK the other day was that that maybe in a weird quirk, the fact that it's been so wet will mean that he can't get his host pipe out as much as he might like to. And if we then got sort of dry weather you could almost perhaps end up with slightly drier ground because it's going to dry naturally. It's not going to be artificially watered. So maybe, but I think the water table is going to be so high that any rain you do get is going to turn it soft very quickly.
4: Speaking of knowing what the conditions will be, how is uh, the new recruit Roger getting on? So Carl Hinchy was on the show a couple of weeks ago. Carl is a big supporter of the Richard Hobson Yard. You are now a big supporter of the Richard Hobson Yard. For those who are new to the show, just give us a very brief synopsis of how Roger came to be. You went to Eastern Europe to recruit this horse. And how is he ahead of his debut for the All the Angle Syndicate?
3: He's in good order, Emmett. Yeah, it's it's gone worryingly well to this point. So to, to sort of recap, yeah, I, I do a lot of work out in the in the Czech Republic training uh, sports horse riders. And sort of thoroughbreds have sort of come through the system, coming off the racetrack to go into, into sports horse. And they all struck me as being very sort of mentally sort of resilient and, and physically quite strong and then I just noticed a couple of times over the last couple of years sort of Czech flat horses have gone into France come to the UK and run with credit in listed and grade three races it's not a huge disparity at that sort of level perhaps between France and and, and the Czech Republic so put together this idea of, of finding a horse off the flat ultimately he will go over fences as a four-year-old once he's got a mark spoke to Richard Hobson he quite liked the idea he was quite up for sort of A bit of an experiment, which it was, Uh, mentioned it to a few people, syndicated him, found this horse, Roger, actually just across the border into Slovakia. He'd run a couple of times at Bratislava, which as I said to you before, is a very sharp track. It makes makes Chester look like Newbury. He's a big horse. Got him back to the Czech Republic and did the groundwork that we would normally do with a young event horse. So lots of pole work, lots of dressage, really teaching him sort of to, to use his body he took that very well. Pleasingly, everyone that sat on him, which would be myself, Nicole, who's the main rider in Czech, and then Veronica, who's her sort of uh, understudy rider, their first comment every time was, he's so balanced. And he really is an athlete. Um, he took his work really well. He travelled across to Richards, So he travelled from the Czech Republic up to, to Calais, got on the boat from Calais over to Richard's. He arrived there a week before uh, Christmas. And he's just been tipping away quietly. Richard gave him a bit of time. He's put on plenty of weight. He's working away. Um, and he's should be good to go now on the 11th of, uh, March at Stratford in a juvenile hurdle over two miles and two furlongs.
4: And you've shown some of the exercise videos of him at home, including with fugitive. Actually, he seems to have settled in really well. seems to be taking his work really well. Crucially though, how's the jumping going?
3: jumping has gone really well so I mean that that was the thing I was most nervous about I did a lot of work within myself so I go to the Czech Republic every two weeks I'm normally there for four days so I would ride him four days every every fortnight and and generally I'd be the one that would be pushing the boundaries and sort of upping his sort of um, work and 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 the technicality of the questions and that sort of stuff Um, and he he never really put a foot wrong every time he made a mistake he learned from it and in my sport, we certainly like them to make mistakes because that's how they learn. Had a great attitude, so plenty of scope. Um, and then just the one thing that slightly housed up with Richard is is the wet weather. Richard wasn't really able to get onto the schooling ground, so he didn't start jumping until the back end of January of Richard. And I was just mindful of the fact that he'd been probably five, nearly six weeks since he'd left the ground. Um, and, and Richard said he sort of came straight out, popped away, um, had his first school over, over hurdles actually with Richard on we Richard was hoping to have a jockey into school but race planning and all that sort of stuff meant that that Richard was was doing the job himself and uh, he, he said he had a lovely time and seemed to really enjoyed it jumped quickly jumped nimbly um so fingers crossed you know we've got a bit of a way to go yet he'll have a couple more schools and a couple more bits of work but hopefully he's on target for uh, Stratford and we've ticked as many boxes as we as we can tick
4: so is there a specific reason why you've chosen Stratford? Is there something about the dynamics of the track that you think are going to suit him? Is it just the race schedule that that fits in nicely?
3: Yeah, r- race schedule. We, we originally looked to go to, to Newbury because he's been to Newbury and had a had a canter round about four weeks ago. And originally we were going to Newbury this weekend. But with Richard getting a bit held up with the schooling, he was sort of mindful of the fact that we we could push him to get there. But that's certainly not his M.O., and it it certainly would never have been my M.O. with a horse. So sort of went back to the syndicate, and and pleasingly, they were all very much do the best thing for the horse long term. So we waited a little bit longer. We'll go to Stratford, and Richard was very keen. I mean, Roger could run as a four-year-old in a maiden or a novice hurdle and just get weight from his elders, but Richard is pretty keen to keep him against four-year-olds as long as we can. Um, so, uh, Stratford was the, the next option because I didn't really fancy footing the, the petrol bill up to Kelso, which would have been the uh, other option in between Newbury and Stratford.
4: Yeah. That's what people don't think about in the logistics of getting horses to tracks. It's the cost of getting them there. And then the pathetic prize money that's up for grabs to actually pay to be there. That is if the horse can even win in the first place. Cause you're only going to, It's the way I think about the racing league. Oh, you got all that praise money? That's fantastic. It's only good to those who actually win it, never mind those who can actually participate in it. Not that I'm taking shots at the Racing League during the Cheltenham Festival build-up.
3: Uh, and also, we just felt, you know, a, 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 an hour's lorry drive, you know, across from, from Richard's Yard, which is in the Cotswolds, to Stratford, is is far preferable for your first day at school um, than sort of um, schlepping up to Kelso. Lovely track, though it is. Um, you know, maybe we'll visit there one day, but just not first time out there out the gate, you know, you want to try and make things as easy as possible as possible so that he, he enjoys it. That's something I'm really keen to happen. You know, I think horses like us, we enjoy something. We tend to be better at it. And so, uh, every effort we made to give him as nicer experience as possible on his first try. What a, kind of an outcome are you hoping for on debut? I genuinely wouldn't have a clue. Emmett, he he's worked nicely in the morning. You know, he's certainly not, he doesn't look like a second rate horse compared to, and, and Richard has some nice, quality French young stock and and the likes he's he's not letting the side down on that front but I've been around it long enough to know that what they do in the morning can very often have very little regard for what they do in the in the afternoon I would just like to see him take to the jumping and and just I'd like to see him run through the line I think that's really important for horses they they come back thinking that they could go and do that again and go and do it better I think you see it very all too frequently horses have hard races and and they can wilt away, particularly when they're young and they don't yet have that sort of residual physical strength. So just a nice run round, finish his race off, jump nicely, that would be uh for me a tick in the box seeing as that's been slightly my responsibility up until this point. Um and uh hopefully and, and to see the guys enjoy it. They had a day out. We went down to see Richard uh actually on trials day. So I think there were seven of us went down. Um he was prepping Fugitive obviously for his run in the Clarence House. We went down had a nice morning there, then went to, to trials day. And it, when I chose Richard as a trainer, and I spoke to a few people, and obviously I spoke to Carl and I spoke to Richard a little bit, there was no doubt in my mind that he is an exceptional, exceptional horseman. Um, I think if you spoke to Richard, he would agree that if you said to him, Rich, do you want to take Roger for a pick of grass for half an hour? Or do you want to sit and go and have a coffee with Ross for half an hour? He would pick Roger every time. The man just loves horses. And so I was the one, not worry, but the one thing I was aware of was that for a syndicate, they might not get the personal entertainment from the trainer that they might get with some sort of more obvious characters of the sport, shall we say. Um, But nothing could have been further from the truth. We went down there on what was a really important day for them, you know, prepping fugitive for the Ryanair in a grade one, dropping back to two miles. There was plenty going on and he couldn't have been more welcoming more open you know he made the coffees he got the biscuits out he got the photos out of previous graded horses future was having his prep you know and getting ready to go to the races and that was all explained you know we were there two and a half hours and and were made to feel very welcome so so that was really nice and the feedback from the guys in the syndicate was really positive many of which this is their first ownership experience so hopefully we can get to Stratford and give them another nice experience you know and a little bit of learning about what it is that we're trying to achieve with roger and then and build on that and go forward.
4: And if you can win, that'd be an absolute dream scenario, but just get them around safe and sound, learn for the day uh, and build from there. It's really exciting. It's the all the angle syndicate, but sold out completely sold out
3: yeah we 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 uh, I think largely thanks to your podcast, we sort of went from having a couple of spaces to fill to having a having a wait list. Um, actually, even now, when I sort of put stuff up on, on social media, um, I, I do get the the odd inquiry. I, I'm preempting that this is going to go well enough. I I couldn't help myself between looking at Cheltenham form, starting to look at some of the two year olds that ran last year in the Czech Republic. there will be three year olds this year that might be might be likely candidates. And you know, and if it goes well, maybe we'll do it again and um, and try and find Roger Mark two.
4: Exciting. The next journey has already begun. Just very briefly, you did a, a brilliant video explaining. Your thoughts on what had happened with Constitution Hill yesterday on the SBK YouTube channel, what's involved in the recovery process. The statement that Nicky Henderson issued today is a rather positive one, actually. Maybe the sky isn't falling. Maybe there is a chance that he's going to actually make it there. But in your equine expert opinion, I've ridden show jumpers, but nothing, I would have nowhere near the knowledge that you have of working with horses. Uh, day in day out, and and understanding them in the way that you do. So, in, in your expert opinion, given the fact that he crossed the line, sounding like and looking like me after an asthma attack, how likely is it, in your view, that he'll actually make John them?
3: Uh I, I think you've got to factor in so many things. I mean, he he is, and and you know, I get lots of sort of um, salty messages on on social media. as you say for, for for being a defender in Nicky Henderson? But I do think we have precious few trainers in the uk that are able to really serve it up to to wheelie Mullins Gordon elliott and, and Henry de bromhead and he is certainly one of them um throughout his career he's he's sort of um worked with often fragile stock and 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 perform miracles i don't think this requires a miracle but it certainly requires a little bit of luck so the antibiotics have got to go into his system and it's got to got to work and, and and we know with our own health that sometimes the first dose of antibiotics just doesn't quite cut it, and you need a need a bit more, or you need a different strain, or whatever. So, so it's not a given that the antibiotics will just clear this up. It, it should do, but it's not a given. It's an, an infection. Often, I think they can be a little bit quiet for a couple of days after they've had antibiotics. I've certainly found that with with sports horses. There's obviously a withdrawal period anyway, and then they've obviously got to get him moving and 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 working again. It sounds like they plan to canter him quietly, and it sounds like and before uh i put the video up yesterday for spk before we've got this bit of information but nikki henderson did seem to sort of um suggest that it was a a day out to sort of freshen him up and, and brighten him up and i think we can read into that it was a day out for the cameras because that's what was sort of required and promoting cheltenham and all the rest of it so i don't think fitness is going to be an issue um and as I said to you before we just came on, I, I honestly think a lot of it will hinge around whether that big yellow blob can get up in the sky because a bit of nice sunshine makes everyone feel better, none more so than the horses. They start to come in their coat. They feel a little bit brighter. Um, I think that could be could be really quite important to him. Um, but I don't think it was as dramatic as everyone as everyone suggested yesterday. Um, and I hope he'll get there. And my... And my Instinct having listened to the, to the statement this morning is that I, I think he will. I, but I also think you can be fairly certain that if they've got any question marks about him, he, he won't go. And people will say that's because Nicky doesn't want to get him beat. It's because they don't want to wreck him going forward. And and heard Jay Mangan this morning make a very good point that the fact that that happened in a race course gallop and he had someone with the experience of Nicky De Boimble on his back who was able to very quickly say, this is not the horse I know and effectively pull him up and just canter him home. You cannot underestimate the the absolute value that has, has given them and the chance it's given them. That happened in a race and a jockey feels like, you know, he's just been a bit lazy and I've got to push him through it. you, You can leave a horse, you know, six months, a year. You can, you can lose a horse's career over it because it can cause irreparable damage. So, um, that, I think, is is something that, from all of this, and it's my constant frustration, as you may or may not notice on my social media, is is that punters need information, but we have also got to understand the nuance that goes into training these horses. It is so multifaceted. It's so complicated. And very often, I think, trainers and trainers' representatives aren't good enough at communicating that and perhaps aren't open and transparent enough. Um But also I do think there's a degree of cynicism in the media and certainly in punters that everyone's at it and and there's something up with every sort of statement. and, And I think sometimes that's to the detriment of the sport.
0: This is binocular 2.0. He's trying to pull the wool over our eyes and get a better price. We know what the plan is. Yeah, it's
4: it's not that. You do not gallop a horse of his talent in front of the cameras if you knew that was going to happen. The rhetoric surrounding the horse from Nikki has not been good this season. I don't mind the fact that he missed the fighting fifth. I really don't mind the fact that he missed the unibet hurdle, what should be known as the Beulah. It should be remembered. He'd ruled that horse out of the race before he scoped bad. The thing that would concern me is he's now scoped bad twice in a month and a half. That's not ideal. He's gone from being the unbeatable superstar who was going to win the champion hurdle, potentially go novice chasing, win the Gold Cup. He even talked about running him at Royal Ascot last season, taking on the best flat horses. This season, Nicky Henderson has not been talking that way. He's Goldilocks. Everything's got to be just right. Ground's got to be right. Can't be in too close proximity to another race. Don't know about Aintree, about the race distance. town I don't know about that. What about the ground to at town I bet you a pound they'll be watering. It's just, it's very, very different this year. That's what would concern me. Um, And that's what annoys me, because it it makes you look at Istabrak. They're not having hard races, Nicky, they're racehorses. Aidan O'Brien could do it with Istabrak. Three champion hurdles, four consecutive Cheltenham wins, three Irish champion hurdles. Hurricane Fly, five Cheltenhams he competed at, two champion hurdles, uh, five Irish champion hurdles, four Punchestown champion hurdles. He won 22 grade ones. I hope he's okay, I hope he's fit, I hope he bounces back. If he could win this year, it would be the story of all stories. But you know, straight after the race, you'd be like,
3: and he's done now. We'll bring him back for the fighting fifth. Bah. That that's the thing that, that annoys me. I think I think he'll go to Punchestown. I really do. I've said this from 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 the start of the season. I know people were very unhappy that he didn't go to 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 Lepestan for the DRF. Um, personally, I sort of took the view that if they were letting him down quietly for that period when he scoped badly for the for the UniBet. Um, it was unlikely they were gonna have him ready for the DRF anyway. Um it it's without question that Nicky has certainly got more precious about them since he ran Altior in that ground. And he is an emotional man and, and he clearly takes things seriously. I mean, he still talks now about when he took Sprinter Sacra to, to Cheltenham Chal- Aintree and Punchestown that he 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 blames himself. And I I would defy any vet to tell me that, you yeah, know, there's there's a strong chance that you know running it. Chandler Maintree and Punchtown, calls Sprinter Sacra to have his defibrillating heart issue the following year. And, And Nicky knows that deep down. Of course he does. He's an intelligent man. But there's still that emotional side of him that blames himself for making bad decisions, blames himself for making a bad decision about Altior, and has clearly become very intent on not making a mistake again. And as we know, if you try not to make a mistake, you end up actually not doing all that much. So hopefully... This situation will make him realise that, you know, as as Ruby said to to, to Paul Nichols when they discussed running him in the Tingle Creek, no, we've spent ages getting him to settle. We can't possibly do that. Put the phone down and rang him back and said, "Yeah, we could all be dead tomorrow." You know, hopefully this this makes people realise that they are there to be enjoyed. You've got to take the chances when they come along, and I and I I really don't think there's been chances for Constitution Hill this year that that sat right with him. I really don't believe that, um, but hopefully next year get a nice summer at grass after winning at Punchestown and then come in in a more healthy version that they can just kick on next year and have a, a sort of more normal cam campaign. But then of course we'll have people saying they're being normal and they're not being adventurous. Um, that, that is on us as, as, as punters and, and fans that we've got to, we've got to be a little bit realistic sometimes. You know, if, if they go fighting for the Christmas hurdle, uni bet, and then to, to Cheltenham next year, that's going to be about what we can expect. And I and, and I don't think you can really find much variation within that.
4: Yeah, there's a flip side to this. El Fabiolo has only run twice this season. And Lossiemouth beat the same horses by basically the same margin of distance that Constitution Hill did. And she's still going for the mayor's hurdle. She's won a champion hurdle trial on the bridle. Paul Townend took a pull coming to the last. And they're going for the Meresardle.
3: It's not all. It's not all Nicky. A triple crown in the national hunt sphere would be interesting, wouldn't it? I mean, I know I know most flat horses dodge it now. You know, Guineas, Guineas, or Derby or Oaks and, and St. Ledger. But maybe we could, you know, when the sport gets back on its feet again and we've got a proper race calendar and funded racing and all the rest of it, maybe there would be some sort of interest in a, a two, two and a half mile, three mile even you know over hurdles with a, a big whopping million pound two million pound ten million dollars you know gold-plated Rolls Royce for prize money you know series where it encourages a little bit more sort of adventure
4: well we've got city of troy for the triple crown this year and he's going to win it right up right. and then you and i can call nevin truesdale friend of the show and force the jockey club into coughing up millions for a bonus for some sort of elaborate triple crown project that you and i will take 10 percent of for, for coming up with the idea. Notice how I'm saying you and I after it was your idea and I'm just like hitching my wagon, riding the coattails and taking the 10%. Uh, Ross, best of luck with Roger. Looking forward to seeing him in action and best of luck with the SPK podcast as well, Essential Viewing on YouTube and all podcast platforms as well. We'll talk to you again very, very soon.
3: Thanks, Anna. Good to speak to you.
4: And thank you for watching. Thank you for listening to the Final Throttle Podcast. If you like this, subscribe to the Final Throttle Podcast for more content. We've got more Cheltenham preview. Stuff coming your way, including Danny Mullins on the show very, very soon. From all of us, look after yourself and each other. God bless.